0: Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, These are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. On this week's episode, we welcome Dr. Michaela from Webster University. But before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank my sponsors. First, NWO IT Services, Synchrony HR, Enterprise Bank and Trust, the Tom James Company, Gobrand Go, and Edward Jones. And now to this week's episode of the STL Leaders podcast. Dr. Michaela henke Chuente, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you joining me this morning. Morning, Brian. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for reaching out and connecting Uh with me on LinkedIn. I'm excited to to kind of share your story and dive into some leadership views that you have. Um, And so I'm excited to dive in today. So let's kind of start there. Talk to us about
1: growing up in your career. Oh, that's a good question. So I'm British. I don't know if you noticed, Brian. So <laughs> born, in, born in the northern town of Bradford, gritty northern town. And it was a wonderful what we use the term melting pot, you know, so really this gorgeous mix of of individuals. Sometimes we mix, sometimes we stay separate, but there was all sorts of differences. And so I really had this benefit being um, of Italian descent. Um being uh, neither fully British and neither fully Italian, just really um, born in Britain, but Italian. And so that kind of put me always on the outside. And um, as a child, now with retrospect, I see that I was always very uncomfortable and and got quite used to it, quite used to being different. And so had some real precious moments on the streets, skidding round on my BMX, as you did in the eighties, but really had these gorgeous moments of looking at people and what they did, their cultures, their traditions, And um, I'm really taking those on board with me, you know, and and have the joy now of living here in St. Louis and being really comfortable with being uncomfortable and being and being different. So, yeah, being those early initial years were definitely critical to where I am exactly now. But being uncomfortable is definitely something that I embraced and share with people that I um, have the pleasure to teach um, in either, you know, my master's class or um, when I'm consulting.
0: Absolutely. Well, tell us what brought you here to St. Louis.
1: Ah, Good question. So uh, I um, it was employment, and I work at Webster University uh, teaching on their master's uh, organizational and change course, um, which is a, also a certificate class and a master's class. And um, yeah, so uh, I had the pleasure of, of being part of that program, um, which uh, which starts today, actually, ironically.
0: Oh, well congratulations. Thank you. Right, now, are you guys virtual in person? You know, the COVID world right now, I never know what's uh,
1: <laughs> yes we are we are totally virtual so that actually is a grace in that we have a gorgeous array of individuals um, from all over the place all over the world and um oh. they're yes which is great but um they, you know they're so inherently busy but really have graciously squeezed in a little time for further education which is really i think the key to navigating through you know and continuously you know looking after yourself, nurturing yourself and your confidence to feel, even though you might have had the skill set before, but just keeping yourself abreast of of change.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, talk to us about your book. I know you have written a book and I'm excited to kind of share that with the audience today. So why don't you share
1: a little bit about it? Ah, thank you. Yeah, I wrote it with Jeff Haldeman, uh, a great visionary in organization development, really, which is about keeping yourself and your organization agile. Like, naturally, things occur, you know, like friction amongst individuals, difficulties, uh, you know, we become, you know, we're not particularly productive left to our own devices. And so this book is called um, Ready for Anything. <laughs> the making of a change leader and um, a bit of a mouthful but essentially it's about you know instilling in you and talking to you and your kryptonite your weak areas your vulnerable areas or areas that you call weak but really using those you're embracing those knowing what your limits are and really using those to tap into your authenticity and um, which is totally valid to tap into your intentionality as a leader you know really stepping out and really retine that connection between you your values your morals and and how you manage you know leadership is just a choice it's just a way and it's making that just much more accessible and really instilling confidence back in your core that you have everything uh everything you need for the task ahead of us
0: absolutely well we talk about leadership on this podcast all the time ah. obviously it's the whole whole vision of the show is to share you know about you know share with our community here in St. Louis leaders like yourself and their views on leadership that's why I'm excited to have you on today and this book is very a very big piece of that so why don't you share with us some pieces of the book Um, you know one question I had was for you was you know what are some of the important things that a business leader can do to lead effectively during uncertain uh, turbulent times which obviously we've been in for the last two years
1: Yeah, goodness, yeah, and it continues, doesn't it? Yeah, no, that's a great, that is a great question. Um, And it's, uh, it's something that I am reflecting and sharing with, you know, we're working in real time, even though, you know, there's, there's a book that, you know, sets a point in history where you talked about, you know, change leadership and what that meant, it continuously evolves. And I think embracing this idea of uncertainty is really, you know, as a nation, um, this is an opportunity for us to transform and really capture, you know, our personal reaction to uncertainty. How do we how do we deal with it? How do we manage it? How do we lead in times of uncertainty? How do we close the gap? How do we build that bridge um, between, <clears throat> excuse me, between, you know, our teammates, between our employees? You know, it's this, this us and them um, sadly in times of uncertainty becomes like a knee-jerk reaction where we start to use heavily rely on prejudice as a bias to kind of you know make these generalizations about others or those that are resistant to change or pushing back you know instead of Calling that feedback and, and embracing that because that's hard to do in these times. But you know, and really reframing that so that we're bringing and merging together. So constantly challenging your personal center, and I think looking at things for what they are without attributing caus- causality. That means kind of like saying, "Ah, that's because that person is a Republican," or "Ha ha." That's because that person is, you know, XYZ or all. That's because that person is still annoyed with me last week because, you know, I sent that email. Really removing that causal piece and just looking at what you can see with your eyes, like really taking that away is just incredibly liberating and allows you to, as I said, start building that relationship, keep continuing to make those connections and partnerships. You know, that vision, that personal vision, whether it be one to one, whether it be a leader's vision, whether you're creating a vision that you'd like alignment with your people, whichever way it is, that's definitely the peripheral piece, but it starts with you. It starts with looking at yourself and looking at how you manage your uncertainty, you know, because we have all sorts of biases at play around that. uh, And without going into too much detail, you know, some of those work for us, some of those work against us, but definitely removing yourself and observing uh, and building up your own emotional intelligence with that knowledge is definitely central to to managing and navigating and making some solid decisions moving forward.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. What would you say is the most critical role that a leader can um, play during challenging times?
1: Gosh, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I think there's over sixty-seven roles and skills that a leader's required to have. I mean, goodness. There's so many books and uh, and articles and experts and cheats and hacks on how to be a leader. It's absolutely exhausting. Uh, But without a shadow of a doubt, it comes back to you, you know, um, that that personal center, admitting what your limitations are and being totally honest about that. Um, vulnerability, you know, and, and Brené Brown, you know, is really our, our leading thought, you know, uh, leader on this because she, uh, if you haven't come across her, uh, she has a wonderful uh, array of, of content material. It's very easily accessible, but she talks about bringing vulnerability, really making it easier for us to, to manage it as a leader, to just to bring that piece, you know, and it's not written on the wall for sure for a leader. We have these big ideas about what a leader should look like, how they should behave, but essentially a leader is is all those pieces, you know, the strengths, you know, those, those, you know, those limitations and weaknesses embraced and that journey and sharing that, you know, and sharing that human side, humanizing, uh, and making it make sense for sure. Being a listener, uh, has to be, I think the most important role, a listener and a friend. Um, I think the closer, the more that we listen, the more that we can naturally activate that, that empathy, uh, and, from empathy perspective taking, which is the piece that we actually need. When you're able to take that perspective, that other side, then we're able to allow that creativity of, you know, insight into those experiences of others, whether it be our employees or our customers, <clears throat> excuse me, or um, uh, or really whether, you know, that we're looking to envision and anticipate what, it, what we will be doing and what we will be needing in the next couple of months. And it starts with perspective taking. So we have to participate in some things, but listening definitely is that first place to allow attention, listening, excuse me, Listening with attention then activates um, perspective-taking, empathy and perspective-taking, most oh, important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I think it's very important to be a good listener as a leader, no matter what times we're in, but especially during challenging times. Um, you know, you don't, especially if you're a CEO of a company or something like that, you, you got to be able to listen to your employees and, and hear them out. Uh, you know, I think the best CEOs, the people who understand that their employees are the biggest asset. Um, because obviously they're the ones that make the, the, the business run. And if you're not listening to them and you're not trying to you know, take their input and, and help them guide the organization forward, I think that can be very challenging.
1: Yeah, it, it, so, uh, you know, absolutely. And it's so easily said than does, done, isn't it? But the challenge that we have right now is that because we are polarized or we're on the other side of the aisle, you know, we're not. We're not. As I said, we're not. We're, we're attributing causality. We're looking at why. We're quickly, instead of going to the source, we're deciding. We're making our own conclusions about what's happening. Right. And and I think also just with with how absolutely stretched the limits we all are, Brian means that essentially we're cutting corners. We're using generalizations, whether it be you know a prejudice that's you know a bias that's you know again making a sum. We're not standing above ourselves as a leader and saying, have I actually essentially got the right processes in place to, to capture, to to allow myself to listen? Who am I as a leader? Have I got the natural inclination to, to listen? I would hold up my hands at this point, Brian, and say, no, I, I as a leader do not. And so I would need to and have particular processes, whether it be, you know, a slot of time that, you know, I know it sounds a slight, you know, slightly aged, but that door open policy, or, you know, I'm on Facebook live at a particular time, but the door's open. You know, on a Wednesday between the hours of nine and 12, you know, it's like a text me anything. So I have these things in place, these processes to support what because i am admitted what my limitation would be and that it might be listening. I'm an action oriented individual. And so I have those processes, for example, which then support me to be the leader that I aspire to be. But I had to admit um you know what my strengths are the action side but then what my limitations are to be able to incorporate that and I think it's just going beyond yeah 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 I'm a great listener yeah but think about the climate think about what's changing continuously think about the circumstances think about what and where and how you know you're moving and are you getting the right outcomes are you being fed in and naturally of course When things go well, you know, when things are good, sales are great, you know, team are turning in, you know, we don't pay attention, we don't drill down necessarily as much as we want to, you know, and then when things don't go well on exactly the other end of it, when things are, you know, extraordinarily difficult, make us feel very uncomfortable, whether it be employee relations, connections, you know, that we're feeling a huge disparity, again, we don't drill down often enough either. And so it's, it's paying attention to your movements and that feeling of what motivates your movements, what processes you have in place to be able to capture that active, you know, real listening piece. It's, it's key. It's critical. And as you said, it's a, it's it's 90% of all we do.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Let me ask you this, you know, generating new business, increasing profits, or at the very least, just kind of maintaining uh, your financial stability can be challenging during good times, but even more challenging during kind of rough times. So can you share some of the strategies that you use to keep forging ahead not to lose growth and traction during a difficult economy
1: yeah uh, yeah that's uh, goodness brian you're absolutely banging them out this morning so yeah that's a that's a great one and yeah hasn't it been an interesting couple of years really uh you know defining uh, uh determining exactly what we do and i think uh when we what we need to pay attention to my my fear moving through this period is that some of us have had the benefit of volumes of sales and we're missing this gorgeous opportunity, a real real true transformation within us as leaders, but also in an organizational level and a societal level. And so my fear is that we don't tap into that. And so I think it's definitely, you know, straddling that that fortune of having those volumes and let it be client driven and, and you know and solving the challenges that high volumes you know can have to um the uh you know our chains our supply chains and uh, you know um distribution networks but essentially um, really looking at that, looking at that space, what this volume is bringing. And I think those that don't have the benefit of volume of volume and, uh, and increased sales, then this is a gorgeous opportunity, again, to transform and look at exactly what that message is, exactly who that client is. We've never had such clarity. We've never had such a level playing field for us to be able to go digital. This has never happened in history. And so when things aren't going so well, again, the huge positive is, is that you're able to look, determine self-educate and understand exactly what lane you're in and maximize it uh naturally to be able to do that it's that you know what are my strengths you know what are my limitations and really using that to your advantage but it is this beautiful time of reflection as we have such strong strong winds of change whipping around us at every angle and it's and it can be exhausting you know, you choose how you ride that wave, you know, are we, you know, let's paddle, let's paddle and get on it. Let's take the energy from it. And let's either it be whichever circumstance or something in the middle, maximize it to come out on the other side in a much stronger space.
0: Yeah, I, um, that's very powerful. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to respond to that. But that's very powerful. And uh, it's, it's, you know, I look back on kind of the last, to your point, last two years have been, yeah. there's been so much uncertainty about, you know, when COVID first hit, um, nobody wanted to talk about anything. Obviously I'm in sales for my day job at Synchrony HR yeah. and and sales kind of just plateaued. There was, everybody was so worried about what's this mean? How's it going to happen? Yeah. If you remember the stock market completely tanked Yeah, um, and now you look at our economy and we're dealing with totally different types of challenges, right? The stock market's doing well. But we can't get goods in from other countries and there's uh, distribution challenges and there's uh, all sorts of challenges when it comes to getting parts and things like that from, uh, you know, from the uh, other countries that we utilize them in. Um, And then, you know, now you look on the news, turn the news on and COVID's running rampant again. And so it's um, it's been a very, very rocky two years from an economy perspective. And and the sad thing is it just you just don't know where it's going to go.
1: I think it's going to go. Uh, I mean, this is gorgeously, I, I'm excitedly with all fingers crossed that this is the beginning of this is the beginning of the end. You know, it's found. I so hope you're right. We, yeah, we found a way to coexist, you know, it just whips through us like wildfire. But, you know, the knee jerk reactions are slowly, you know, chipping away. You know, we've got some really good, you know, uh, um, um, uh, you know the cdc is really making some great recommendations moving forward with that quickly to, to help navigate through you know and hopefully we have sufficient scaffolding to be able to you know use this energy to continue
0: yeah. um
1: but i think you know what's been amazing and what's been definitely apparent is that we just sadly because it's dominated the news we haven't been celebrating the the volume of of entrepreneurial and how they've literally supported the economy you know individuals choosing passion purpose and do, you know, very similar to what you do, Brian, which is commendable, you know, but really taking that and and really celebrating that and making something of it, you know, educating themselves and embracing that strength within. And that's really been, you know, just so undiscussed and so there and omnipresent, you know, and everywhere you look. And that'll that'll stay within this entrepreneurial field. You know, there's a lot of people that will stay independent, but then it'll move back in. Back into you know the workforce, you know, on a corporate level, and we will come out stronger. There's no two ways about it because of this reflection, and um, I'm 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 hopeful and and positive that it that it will continue. And that's my role. That's that's all I have that I can I can you know at any level create that 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 atmosphere, whether it be on you know my online class or whether it be in an in person or in a workshop, you know, that we have that period of reflection and I'm not necessarily giving them a mirror of honesty, but just saying, you know, what does your mirror look like? Let's shape it, hold it up there, hold it and and have that look, you know, and let's, let's, let's get you ready. You're on, you're away. You've got everything you need.
0: Well, it's definitely better to be optimistic than pessimistic. So I would agree with you there. (laughs) (laughs) Let me ask you yeah. this: Is there a number one principle or guiding principle that can help guide a company through ups and downs of uh, turbulent times?
1: Yeah, I think um just being uh, just being human and embracing everything, n- knowing what human means to you, and being being human, you know, bringing your values on board and sharing and sharing those, yeah, and uh, and really uh, making sure you know taking that time that they're shared in a way that can be heard. And that alignment is key. You know, we talk about the word teams and we throw it around a little lapsed but essentially that team is when we've got more than the people that are just gathered together. And I think building that and looking, looking, have I got this, have I not got this and doing whatever it takes um, to create that space. But it starts with that leader and your center. I know we talk a little bit about the second the second leg to that is we talk a little bit about resistance you know there's a lot of a uh, deep <laughs> obvious and sometimes less obvious resistance to turbulence to uncertainty to change whatever you want to call it you can call it anything really and i think um you know we need to have a discussion about what that looks like and how we manage that you know and staying uncomfortable you know we've become so uncomfortable with the environment that then we're trying to create comfort in every corner and every angle. And that's not healthy. That's not healthy for, for individuals, for leaders, for organizations, really, you know, just moving out of that and um, that natural comfort that we might be seeking and, and definitely embracing resistance as feedback, you know, as opportunities, but in a, in a way that we've reflected on ourselves to be able to, to not polarize others so much so that we can continue to keep building those bridges.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One other question I had for you was, you know, um, for, for, we talked a lot about you know the leaders of the organization and, and things along those lines, but also that the during uncertain times there can be challenges to the employees, right? And so, what can a leader do to inspire, motivate, engage, whatever word you want to use? What can they do to uh, you know boost their morale? I guess you could say for the employees of the organization and, and engage the team that they have working for them.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really tricky, isn't it? It's, it's really tricky. I mean, I ask, uh, I ask uh, many of my clients, you know, who are leaders with the same challenges, and they'll be like, oh, they've asked for this, or, oh, yeah, all they want is, you know, X, Y, Z, and it'll be an unreasonable request. And that then has led me to say well how have we got this information how have we captured this unreasonable request as something that all the employees want so again it's that you know one thing that is in you know in, in your mental mind as a leader you're thinking this one you know weekends let's say weekends off for all employees that's what every employee wants so how has this come about so really just like back back and unpicking you know maybe it be an informal group that has a loud voice that has gained power and is representing employees. So really trying to unpick that, you know, I think is the key thing to understanding really what the right thing to do is. And it comes back to the listening and thinking about, you know, what. What processes do I have in place to be able to really understand, you know, the driving force, a solid part of my workforce, probably the part of your workforce that your employees that don't speak out loud so much, don't really want to cause too much of a ruckus or too much attention. Those are the ones that we want to listen to. And so it's making sure that you have those processes and just taking that step back and go, what can I hear and who is it coming from? Because. Sadly, that loud voice that's supposedly representing all the employees, you know, this, this informal person that's taking it upon themselves to become the leader, the spokesperson, is the one that takes away a lot of the leader's energy, yeah. that really, you know, has perhaps a fixed agenda, has all the motives, whatever it is, you know, that's absolutely fine. We don't need to look into that. What we need to do is bypass that person, acknowledge them, of course, it's relevant, it's another employee, but how can we really capture what the volume, those that are really doing the work those that really how can we really listen to them you know what forum would they be most comfortable to talk to you in and that's real quality feedback and that's what we need to listen to and guess what action it action it don't mess around whatever it is just do it like really like just do it like whatever i think that's
0: i think that's great advice actually is um we talked about even just earlier here in this episode so um great great advice You You know, I always end this podcast by asking my guests to leave us with a piece of advice and you share a lot of advice today, a lot of great strategy, but if you leave us just with one piece of advice, whether that be on your personal life, whether that be on business or leadership, what would it be?
1: Ah, goodness. That's, oh, that's a tricky, that's a tricky one, Brian. There's so much, isn't it? As you've noticed, you know, I don't need much encouragement to start spouting off, you know, but, um, I mean and, uh, and that's uh, that's as I said, that's that's the weakness you know of all this you know wisdom that I collect and and distill, but again, just tapping in, you know really just to uh, to look at yourself and um, determine really what you do well, which might be thinking on your feet and uh, you might be moving fast, that's phenomenal. but you know which which of the pieces you know creates that whole picture that makes you solid, that makes you a person, a leader. Um, within your own household, for your partner, for your organization, for your team, that you can be relied you know, that people can rely on you? Is it the listening piece? Is it the long term piece? You know, which is the piece that that we need to develop and grow? And, um, and we should always be learning. I have this phrase of like, you know, leaders are learners. And that's yeah. definitely something that reminds me, to continue to to do that, you know, and, uh, you know, even though I'm sometimes on the other end of listening uh, to to a client um, or a student, you know, always listening and always gathering and learning and, and holding back that judgment. I think i um, definitely, it helps my personal development, which I'm very, very committed to.
0: Absolutely. Well, I love the uh, leaders or listeners and um, I love that. So on behalf of the ST Leaders podcast and myself, I appreciate you coming on today and sharing your wisdom with us. Um, And I wish you and Webster University and your book and everything like that nothing but the success that you had.
1: Thank you ever so much, Brian. I really appreciate your time.